Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 92. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about um, some experiences of a recent training event um, related to integrating um, dry fire in, in amongst our live fire, uh, so we can get some extra reps, and then also some, call it safety slash like mental uh, competency, knowing what's going on all the time kind of learnings that came out of that training. Absolutely. Um, guys, one of the kind of the 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 overarching aspect of the safety conversation that we're going to have centers around the idea of shooters that are out there that have too much confidence, but not enough competence. Um, and these are some things, like I said, that popped up. So we had a, a, a training opportunity where we got in where where the one of our tribe who had set up the training day and was running it uh, came up with some ideas for pushing a number of drills through via dry fire and then running them live. Um, and, and so we're going to discuss just a little bit about that training event. What, what, who's the guy who did the like five, five That's, dry reps? Yeah. Paul Howe. Paul Howe. So combat shooting and tactics. Yeah. So we were doing some, some Paul Howe ish iterations where we did five dry fire runs and then make the gun hot, do your own, you know, take that shot, do everything perfect. Um, still pushing the time. And, and we and we actually did this like full draw stroke hit the target and then we broke it down to you know just doing the dry fire from you know hand surrender or hands wherever hands in your pockets to the gun and then we and then five reps gun to you know high center wherever you're going to run it high ready whatever you want to call that position position three three whatever you yeah. want to call it um, and then from three to four to extension. Um, you know, five reps and stuff like that. So we did a, a lot of dry fire movement that was the gross movement of drawing the gun and firing or, or getting a dry fire. And then also breaking those things down to their individual components to see if we could pick up a little bit of efficiency slash speed at the same time. Um, really good way to do a lot of practice. Um, I don't like the term muscle memory, but, but however you want to look at it, creating that kinesthetic pathway um, that neural pathway, that that muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, but greasing the groove where you're getting the gun out efficiently, etc., um, and broke this way down. Um, the, the the training day was a really solid training day in that regard. But one of the things that came up from that, that's probably more the meat of this podcast, comes back around to the fact that training with a firearm is a martial art, um, and there are just certain things you do and certain things you don't do. Um, and so coming back around to, you know, the four rules, um, understanding who, where everybody is on the range and different things of that nature. Um, basically the gist of this is, you know, again, kind of the overarching theme along with <laughs> too much confidence, not enough competence is the idea you will hear guys talk about, oh, big boy rules, big boy rules. We're going to go train, but we use big boy rules. Um, check your tribe. And understand that, the, and, and I'm not, we're not picking on anybody specifically, except we are. And so if they're listening, they probably know who they are because, you know, when you have to tell somebody, hey, uh, manipulate your safety. Hey, um, you know, I know we're doing dry fire, but there's somebody down range. Hey, uh, different things of that nature. Um, you know, there's a conversation around handling this stuff and, and not being that guy. So we go back to, I nerd out on you guys on a regular basis, and we go back to Musashi. Every time you touch your sword, you touch it as if you're going to cleave a man in half. Um, what does that mean? You don't pick up your sword. Um, wow, I must have said something really profane there. Um, you don't pick up your sword like it's a rake. 
You don't pick up your sword like it's a pen. You don't pick up your sword, you know, your sword like it's a fly swatter. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. If you're going to grab your sword, you grab your sword as if you're going to do work with it. And it's the same thing every time you touch your gun. So I, just going forward with that, some of these dry fire drills, we had guys who kind of couldn't make the transition comfortably to the guns unloaded, dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. Let's load it. Let's, let's rep around into the gun now. And then, okay, what am I doing to get the gun back to a safe condition to do dry fire, etc.? Um, and some of this was, was probably created by the fact that we were doing the attempt to bring dry fire reps into, and then live fire reps, and then dry fire reps into some different drills and some gun conditions that weren't normal things because they were around, what, what was the, the D-boy thing, the, the uh, stages? The, yeah, the CQB assessment. Yeah, so the CQB assessment was one of the things we did a few reps dry, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and so since you weren't actually sending rounds and doing that kind of stuff and a lot of it's multiple shots, move, multiple shots, move kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, we chose to just simulate those. We're simulating pressing the trigger because you weren't going to get multiple trigger presses, multiple clicks anyway, especially with a rifle. Um, a big part of that, since everybody's on the line, it's a safe condition. We could have fired the guns if we wanted to, but we were doing dry fire was safety manipulation. Uh, one of the parts of the assessments, 40 yards, you fire two rounds on two targets. You go from standing to prone, fire two rounds on two more targets from prone with under a time hack. Um, but a big part of that is safety manipulation. You engage, you know, two shots, two shots, safety back on, and then two safety back off two shot. Once you're prone, two shots, two shots, and then safety back on. Um, we had some guys who were struggling to get the safety where it needed to be even though it was quote unquote dry and even though you were quote unquote not touching the trigger and doing those things, um, conditioning your gun, comfort, manipulating your gun, um, getting the gun loaded, which we'll come back to again because we had a number of situations where guns weren't loaded when they should have been or didn't have the proper number of rounds, etc. Um, all, all these things fall back under that cr treating training as a martial art. Um, and when you get into that, one of the things that martial arts almost always do is there's a foundational beginning to everything you do in a martial art. When you walk in as the new kid, um, you do new kid stuff um, and you do it over and over and over and over. And some of you may refer to these you know, new kid things as katas, as movements, as footwork. If it's a keto, you're coming in and doing your steps. If it's karate, you may be doing whatever kata. Um, and doing these repetitive movements over and over and over again to build that foundational aspect to what you're doing with your hands, your feet, and then potentially a weapon, knife, stick, sword, whatever. Um, we, a couple of the guys in the group are probably newer to that aspect of this than the rest of the group. And when we went to something very differential, like doing dry movements, but with hot guns, we had some guys who struggled. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about with that is, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the professionals know the condition of their weapon at all times. Um, you know, they, they treat guns like they're loaded um, unless there's some way to secure the gun to make sure that it's not loaded and they know it's not loaded, then they'll treat it like it's not loaded. Um, whether that's, you know, an ECI um, or whether that's a roped gun or whether that's whatever it may be. And there may be situations where you use real guns as training tools but you demill them to the extent that they can't go bang if you're going to point them at other people, blah, 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 blah. That kind of mentality. Um, in this case, it wasn't even anything that complicated, and there were still folks struggling. That's purely a function of handling the gun. It's purely a function of the reps. It's purely a function of if you do dry fire and do these different things at home, 
you're going to get comfortable with the gun and knowing the condition of the gun. Um, or you'll screw up and put a hole in your TV doing dry fire, you know, or whatever the case may be, which probably is in your neighbor's house. Um, that'll be a learning opportunity too. Um, just a fairly expensive one, and it's pretty hard on your ego, especially yeah. when the neighbors hand you your bullet back or whatever happens. I don't know how that works, but anyway. So, yeah. Um, so, when you're going to do dry fire, we talk about, you know, ammo goes in a separate room. Um, you, the, you and the gun go in a different room, you double, triple, quadruple check, there's no ammo and do your dry fire practice and stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't mean you change how you handle the gun. So I'll drag that into the in-store aspect of this. Um, on a, on a regular basis, we have people who come in the store and there are people who might have concealed carry permits. Um, maybe there are people who don't have a concealed carry permit, but um, I grew up my whole life hunting. You know, I've been hunting since I was a kid. Um, I know about guns. I know gun safety. I know all these different things. Sometimes they've even got a badge. Yeah, sometimes they've even got a badge. That, that, that happens too. Um, so, and if you have a badge and this is not you, don't get butt hurt. If you have a badge and this is you, fix yourself rapidly. Um, but there's a reality check around these things. And, and two of these things look a lot like this. Um, oh, no, it's not loaded. And then they pop a live magazine out of the gun. That's a loaded gun. So there's no round in the chamber, but the gun's still loaded. Um, sometimes when they say, oh, it's not loaded, and they pop the mag out, um, I just have a mag in it, and then they still pop a round out of the chamber. Um, you know, and, and there's there are gun stores across the country that have the idiot jar on the counter that are all the rounds that have fallen out of unloaded guns. Yeah, and we're honestly not too far away from doing that ourselves. Yeah, and the only reason we haven't done that is because we really don't have the counter space as a small shop. Otherwise, we would. Um if you're, you know, so if you're bringing a gun into some place where the gun needs to not be loaded because you're going to be handling the gun and working with the gun, unload the damn gun before you get here. Um, and that includes the range, that includes your dry fire area, that includes all those different things. Know the condition of your gun. Um, the, the other thing that, that pops up on a regular basis other than, it, oh, it's not loaded except for the bullets in it, um, is the, is the, I've been, oh, I've been shooting my whole life. I know guns inside and out. Um, I was in the army or whatever the case may be. And you pick a gun up and the first thing that happens is your booger hook goes on the bang switch, your fingers on the trigger, and then you promptly point it at your other hand. You muzzle your own hand and press it into the palm of your other hand while you, while you moan, um, paroxically about how good it feels and what the fit and finish of the guns like and how much you like the stippling as you muzzle the shit out of yourself and put your finger on the trigger when you don't mean to shoot the gun at the exact same time. Um, masturbate with your own guns at home. If you, you know, if you're going to be unsafe about it, that's for you in your bedroom, however you want to do it. Um, but you know, it's just interesting how many people know what they're doing, but then instantaneously when they pick a gun up, their finger goes to the trigger. Um, and, and then they proceed to point it at themselves and anyone else nearby. Um, th these are all things that define you as not being a professional or not being serious about firearms because you're not taking the four rules seriously. You're not taking the martial aspect of the firearm safety um, seriously. So, you know, this is just something that's come up way too often here recently. And... Over the last seven months, we've had more new shooters or more new gun buyers, not even shooters, people who've never shot a gun, more people in buying guns, and, and they want to know how to handle a gun. They're a little bit scared of the gun, 
then we come back to people who have been around the gun. You know, if we talk about in law enforcement, um, the police officer who walks up to the car to do a traffic stop lackadaisically, the complacency is what will get you killed in law enforcement. Being complacent about your environment, being complacent about the people you're dealing with, and just saying, I've done this a million times, this is going to be just like the last time, and just like the other 999,999 times before that, when it might not be. Um, you know, the same thing with the guns. This is complacency. You, you think you've cleared the gun. You think the gun's in the right condition. You're complacent, and that's when you have an ND, and hope to God you don't hurt yourself or somebody else. It's complacency. Yeah. And so we're back to too much confidence, not enough competence. Um, professionals don't ever assume that the gun's unloaded until they're absolutely sure the gun's unloaded. And even then, I mean, I have a hard time picking up a freaking blue gun. I pick up a freaking drill with my finger indexed on the side of a damn drill out of habit. If if you don't have those kind of habits, then you need to work on those kind of habits. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best way to you know to gain these kind of habits is to do professional firearms training with yes. competent instructors um, who really know what they're doing and whose focus on you know that introductory pistol class in addition to getting you actually hitting the target on the target uh, consistently is to build those foundational and fundamental safe gun handling skills. Yeah, and a lot of times that means taking ego and speed out of the conversation. Stop trying to do things fast. If you're out running your headlights and you can't manipulate the safety on your weapon properly or, or keep your trigger finger where it's supposed to be properly, slow the hell down. Keep the muzzle oriented where it needs to yeah. be. Yeah, slow down. You know, I mean, a lot of this is taking your ego out, stop trying to go fast and make the gun perform where it's supposed to perform. If you do perfect practice, you will gain efficiency, whether you like it or not. You almost can't avoid it. So it's that kind of mentality around maybe not trying to keep up with the guys around you if you're not at the same place as the guys around you. Um you know, when you're on the range. So that's something to consider as well. And absolutely a competent instructor is going to, is going to help you understand that doing it perfectly every time is the way, is the way to gain efficiency, you know, and speed and so, safety and safety. So, you know, so like I said, this is kind of a little bit of a safety rant. Um, again, it, you know, when, when you pick up a gun, I, I know you just watched me check it. Um, you should probably check it too. And then you should probably not put your finger on the trigger in, unless you want to make a loud noise. And I'd rather you didn't do that in the store. Um, I'd also rather you didn't do it when you're dry firing in your house. And I'd probably rather you didn't do it when we're practicing dry on the range. Um, you know, even when, you know, we're alternating back and forth between live and dry. So, you know, again, that whole professional aspect, know the condition of your weapon. Um, if you're going to play big boy rules, actually know big boy, big boy rules and abide by them um, and, and exercise just a little more of those basic cautionary behaviors. So, Yeah, the other um, thing that you know, we kind of, we've discussed recently, if the only time you're practicing with your firearms is when you're on the range or at a training event, you're probably not getting enough practice in yeah. to keep those kind of good safety habits fresh in your mind. Absolutely. The newsletter you just sent out, um, you know, kind of enumerates or illuminates the idea of spending 10 minutes three times a week is a half an hour a week. A half an hour a week is 25 hours a year um, of practice. That's a lot. That's that's you know, that's that's all. That's a half a week. That's half a work week of practice. Full day. Um, that's a full day. It's a it's a really long three day class weekend kind of thing. Um, it's that kind of mentality that you that you can get for free. 
and the weapon manipulation can be as simple as literally just dry firing, just just the click, just side alignment trigger press, side alignment trigger. Or you can add in things like manipulation where you're doing um, a slide lock emergency type reload and practicing getting your you know your spare mag out of your holster and into the gun and empty spare mag out of the holster and into the gun, running dummy rounds or whatever. You know, I mean, you can get a lot, a lot, a lot of time in and a lot, a lot, a lot of good reps on the fundamentals on draw stroke, side alignment, trigger press, reloads. Um, super, super easy. You can get practice doing malfunctions and stuff like that too, setting them up with dummy rounds and doing things like that as well, where you get to click, tap, you know, tap, rack, tap, rack, assess, etc., and do those kind of things. All that can be done dry, and it's generally virtually free. It's just your time. Um, so if we extrapolate out, if 10 minutes three times a week was 25 hours a year, then five minutes three times a week is still 12 hours a year. That's still a, a long training day. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, you know, oh, I got to go do dry fire for two hours. You know, um, if you want to do that, that's cool. It probably wouldn't hurt you as long as you don't get sloppy with it. Um, I can't focus for more than 20 minutes, much less two hours. So that would be probably a waste of time for me. I could acquire bad habits in dry fire, setting new standards for, you know, me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, you know, hopefully, guys, this is not, you know, again, doesn't come across as us picking on anybody. Um, because it's not intended in that fashion. It's just an observation from the things that we're seeing. Um, and, and you're going to run into it if you've got buddies that are new to shooting, new to guns. Um, be the example with your finger off the trigger and the gun pointed in the safe direction. Practicing, doing dry fire, hitting the range, running multiple reps dry, and then loading the gun up and running a rep hot or two hot. Um, doing those things. Be that example for your friends that you're taking out and teaching and showing them with you know with nine millimeter ammo at 22 to 24 dollars a box for practice ammo show them that there are ways they can still go train without making loud noises show them the right way to do it be the example um the good example i guess you could be the bad example they could learn from that too but you know rather yeah. see the other way so. yeah other than you know if you are running a range session um down on the farm or the land or wherever mm -hmm. you know have somebody or multiple somebody's who's primary you know focus is being the range safety officer yeah well and, and you know we've um, always especially with newer shooters absolutely we've always treated our training group as you know if you're not on the line shooting then you should be acting as a safety if you're not stuffing mags you should be up observing and acting as a safety as well as another instructor to help people out uh, you can take a brand new shooter who understands the theory of something they might see something somebody's doing and be able to help them even though they're brand new um, you know, they might be able to say, you know, hey, you're clearly doing this. I'm watching the muzzle of the gun dip before the gun goes bang. You're mashing the trigger. You know, it doesn't take a, a super genius Wiley Coyote expert, Opata instructor guy to, to know what's going on there. Um, you know, so have people involved in what's going on from a safety perspective. Have them on the line watching and helping. And if you see an unsafe behavior, uh, as a new shooter, never, never hesitate to call out a ceasefire if you're the new kid. Um, if you see something, because someone can always explain to you why what you just saw that you caught a ceasefire on wasn't unsafe, but if in your gut it feels like it's wrong and it's unsafe, then, you know, you should call the ceasefire better safe than sorry. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. You got anything else? I really don't. I really don't. I just, like I said, um, the four rules are there for a reason, even in the gun store. Um, you know, if you're going to dry fire the gun, that's totally cool. You know, find a safe direction. Confirm it's unloaded one more time because you should have done it when you picked it up. Um, you know, and, and, and dry fire the gun in a safe direction. That's that's totally cool. After you've confirmed and reconfirmed, um, maybe ask where a safe direction is. 
um, and go from there. Maybe ask if it's okay to dry fire that particular gun, depending on what gun store you're in. Um, you know, but but abide by the rules, because uh, like I said, I don't care how long you've been doing this. When you pick the gun up and your finger goes straight to the trigger, you're an amateur. It's just that simple. Yeah. You have you have too much confidence and not enough competence. So let's reverse that. So if that's you, if it's not, keep doing what you're doing. Cool. cool. All right. Yeah. For more um, training tips, inventory status, um, things we're getting in, stuff that's going on, please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Cap City Outfitters. Um, we're going to stay there as long as they let us. Yeah. Uh, we also do an email newsletter once a week filled with things that we've gotten in, um, training tips and things, training opportunities, things we're thinking about. Um, you can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email, um, info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily add you to the newsletter list. Um, and lastly, we look forward to seeing you in the store. Um, we're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, we are running COVID-related hours due to Mini Mike's tyrannical decrees. Um, we are open 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. I'm trying to limit it to four people in the store so everyone can properly social distance. It's generally not having anybody wait for more than a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah. If that. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you all soon. Thanks a bunch, guys.